This podcast is a publication of the Engineering Management Institute, where we are committed to building professional development systems, including project management and people leadership programs that support the growth of engineers and their firms. Download our AE Industry Trends Report for insights on the great resignation, remote work productivity, and people-centric cultures. To get your copy, visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Welcome to this very special episode of the Geotechnical Engineering Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be talking with Josh Monroe, who's Vice President of Safety, Quality, Compliance at Geostabilization International, also known as GSI. We'll be talking about geohazard mitigation and the importance of safety programs in high-risk environments. He'll be sharing his expertise on how Geostabilization International implements safety programs and how they've used innovation to advance safety measures. We'll also be discussing the common hazards found on job sites, training programs, and the future of the geohazard mitigation industry. I'm your host, Jared Green, and I'm excited to be bringing you another episode of the Geotechnical Engineering Podcast. But before we get started, let's hear a quick word for today's sponsor, that being PPI. Before we dive in, we'd like to recognize our sponsor for this episode, PPI, a leader in engineering exam prep for the FE and PE exams. PPI provides expert prep courses and study resources designed to help you pass the FE and PE exams the first time. PPI's live online courses include hours of lectures, problem-solving demonstrations, exam strategy sessions, office hours, and a passing guarantee. Check out PPI today at ppi2pass.com to see all the options available for FE and PE exam prep. Now let's dive into today's episode. Josh, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm great, Jared. Appreciate uh, you inviting me on. I understand you've been at Geostabilization International for about seven years. If you could tell our listeners a little bit more about your company and what is your role and what is it that you do on a daily basis? As far as the company, you know, GSI is a geohazard mitigation company. We operate throughout North America and New Zealand, I specialize in emergency landslide repair, rockfall mitigation, and grouting. And then my role is the safety director uh, within the organization. I oversee safety and fleet compliance, uh, lead an incredible team that's spread all throughout the country, and develop and implement safety practices that align with the company core values and, and continue to grow our safety culture. Safety is something I'd be curious. Did you learn about what you're doing now? Did you learn about this in school? Or is this, I mean, how did you get to the point where you could be an expert in safety? How does one get to that point in their career? I'd like to say that I just had a knack for it, right? But in reality, just kind of fell into it. Well, my roommate uh, in college at the time, he was in uh, occupational safety and health. And first I was like in criminal justice and, you know, I guess probably watched too many action flicks where he wanted to work for the, you know, FBI, kick in doors and get the bad guys kind of thing. But that wasn't the path. So, you know, safety intrigued me. The more that I got into it, kind of, you know, did align with my personality. So went to Murray State University and, and they have a great occupational safety and health program. So graduated with a degree in that. A number of companies have either a safety culture or safety is a part of the things that they do, right? And a lot of what we do is very dangerous going on construction sites. So 
And I've found in my career that, that safety is probably one of the most important things about what we're designing and what we're inspecting, what we're providing oversight for, because you come to work, you should be able to go home, right? <laughs> that is like so important. Exactly right. The exact same way that you showed up at work, right? And that's a critical part of it. You know, you can, the regulation and all that stuff, but ultimately it's the impact to people's lives. Thank you for your service. And I understand that you served in the United States Army. So thank you for your service to our country as well. How did that prepare you for your current role? Like, was there anything you did in the Army that made you think about safety? Like, how does that tie in? You know, out of high school, I went into the military. And then, you know, through the, the Army and the Kentucky State National Guard, that's why I went to college during that time. Both really aligned with following and understanding regulations. You had set standards or, or minimum expectations, so kind of the rules that need to be followed. And then, you know, another critical thing that, that carried over from the military into what I do professionally now is this, the attention to detail. Just being able to quickly evaluate a situation and, and react and come up with solutions quickly. Because with our line of work, it, it's fast paced, right? So got to move quickly. I think one of the things that's so interesting is that conditions change very quickly, you know, where you're talking about a brace excavation or a drilled shaft. It's like, you know, the conditions at the time of your toolbox talk, 7.05 a.m. or 700, then it rains, right? And it's like, you, you have to be able to react, like what happens? Now we have slip and fall hazards. So you're right. You have to always be on top of these things as they change. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, and what we do, like every situation isn't the same. So not only to the conditions, the daily conditions, but job site to job site, the conditions change. And especially if you cover a large area, right? The conditions in the Northeast might be different from the Pacific Northwest as far as like the, the things that have been happening or the trends that we're seeing on my given procedures. So it's a lot to be on top of. Yeah. It's, you know, just the weather, right? Like we work outside, the weather causes some of the slides or repairs that we have to work on. And it might be high heat in the Southeast and still snowing up North. So it definitely, you know, keeps you on your, you're on your toes. And I see you wrote an article, Josh, uh, called Safety Program, where you talked about how GSI has been working with student teams to design a perimeter protection system for remote site projects where fall hazards are common. Can you tell us a little bit more about the project, the article, and that safety program as a whole? This is a capstone project uh, with the Colorado School of Mines. And probably one of the coolest things that I you know got to be a part of is we went to school mines and there's a lot of other companies that, that was there set up and uh, you actually had to present your issue to the students and as, as part of their graduation they had to complete project and then they selected you based off of the challenge and they felt you know if they could bring value to the situation so we deal with a lot of you know shoulder work and create leading edges whenever we install our solution we had perimeter protection up in in place but we're trying to think of how can we rapidly deploy a system while utilizing things that we have on our trucks and trailers, you know, materials that we already have. And that means there was a little bit more detail in it, but just for the sake of the time, that that's kind of the gist of it. And those uh, students took that and came up with a solution that could easily be installed on our soil nails, can be deployed within minutes and meet all the requirements in, in regards to, to regulation to ensure we're compliant with those standards. So it was super cool to be a part of. Uh, we really 
you know, showcased it in you know, like the article that you're referencing and just a lot of our clients as well. It looks extremely professional. So that group did a great job. And to add to it, it was during COVID too. So there was other challenges. Like we literally did the the presentation, you know, selected the crew, COVID happened uh, and the students still stood up to the challenge and, and delivered. So it was really cool. You talked about geohazard mitigation and obviously it's a very high risk environment. What are some of the more common job site hazards that are associated with this type of work? Well, I mean, the geohazards themselves, you're faced with multiple variables, things still moving, you know, you made the comment about conditions changing, you know, there's a weather event, if it rains, it can change that. So the pre-planning portion is probably the most important factor that we have to consider and then change conditions. The other thing too, is like remote locations. You know, it's not always in, you know, high populated areas and are conveniently located. There's a lot of times that we're in areas with no cell phone service and completely disconnected with the outside world. So like that lone worker approach and making sure that we can maintain contact with our crews. Traffic control, there's a, do a lot of work for DOTs or roadside. So mitigating that risk as far as exposure from the public with vehicles, overhead and underground utilities, a lot of power lines fiber optic lines, gas lines, we're drilling into the ground. So being diligent as far as understanding where those lines are located and change our design to those variables. The other thing too, is that just because uh, it's in one place, the utility underground is in one place, doesn't mean that it's like that continuously through the project because the ground has shifted. So the landslides occur. So, you know, it could be feet off. So Another big challenge that we have, falls. We're working from heights, especially on our, our rockfall crews. And then working around equipment, there's a lot of heavy equipment associated with our projects and, and uh, specialized equipment that we have. The planning is very important. And then the implementation, and you're probably checking and reassessing all the time for each one of these activities, for each one of these projects. As a project team, we get together, pre-construction aspect and discuss, you know, what we know, review any job site photos or videos that have been taken, you know, put those controls. And then, you know, as the crew arrives on site, then there's another evaluation process from a site specific safety plan. And then daily, we call it wind plan, which stands for what's important now, because it changes. Like you said, what was important yesterday isn't as important as right now. So when you discuss it, identify it, mitigate it, and, and make sure the crews are aligned, know how to address the conditions. How do organizations like geostabilization implement safety programs? There might be some folks listening in that don't even have one. Like maybe it's like a newer firm or somebody that's just catching wind of this. Like how does one implement a program like this? First, it's engaging our employees, right? Like it's easy for me to be like, hey, we're going to do this. That doesn't mean that people are bought in. So engaging our employees to provide input and help generate those solutions. That creates that buy-in and support once the, the practice or initiative is implemented. Just that overall approach generates ownership in the safety program. It's, it's not mine, right? I just kind of, the choke point, it funnels through me, but it's all facets of our organization that truly engages in it. Once you have the buy-in, then it's not just your plan, it's, it's our plan, right? That's exactly right. It's like, hey guys, we said we were going to do this. You always want to emphasize the importance of why. But just that approach has been so successful. And it's really cool because at some point, like I'm not even talking, you know, our employees are, you know, our family members are 
they're bringing the solutions. You know, it's like, hey, here's the challenge. It's very similar to that capstone. Here's our challenge. And they're bringing us solutions on how to resolve it. So at times it makes my job easier when they do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you transform the culture. When you have a safety culture, then everybody's thinking about, well, how can this be done in a way that's more safe, right? Then all of a sudden, it's not just the accidents to get reported. It's the near misses, right? We're focusing in on those kind of things. How can we make sure that we're cutting these down? So I'd love it if you could talk a little bit more about your training programs. I think that'll be helpful for folks that are listening in or watching. A lot of it on the job training. You're not going to get the understanding of how things completely work and, and what's the requirements. So our field leadership or frontline leadership is is very diligent on ensuring the guys get the proper time or I guess mentorship or you know oversight to ensure they know how to do their job properly. But then we also like from a safety aspect, we do monthly in per safety meetings. The topics are you know developed based off of our trends or experiences that we're seeing. The cool thing is it's not just my team that's out there relaying that message. A lot of our engineers, project managers, you know, obviously our superintendents or frontline leadership are responsible to do that. But that reinforces either new initiatives or reinforces, you know, old ones. The other thing too is throughout technology, right? Like, you know, we're using Zoom on this, but Microsoft Teams is really what we utilize. So we'll do, you know, weekly or or biweekly meetings with our crews, it could be respiratory protection, just whatever topic that we need to cover with the guys. Then we also have LMS system where, you know, like a learning management system through Cornerstone that we can actually assign, you know, like say it's annual refresher trainings or Muper or forklift training, refresher, uh, hazard recognition, whatever, because we're so spread out and it's not like, Hey, everybody come into the training trailer and, and do this PowerPoint, it's, uh, we got guys all throughout the United States. So we really have to rely on technology a lot. When we talk about technology, I'd be curious to hear there have been a usage of innovation to advance safety measures. Are you seeing anything there? I guess I kind of break that down into two different groups. One external, and we kind of talked about it with the partnering with outside groups like the Capstone Project. What they came up with ain't something you can go buy at the store. The other one too is Virginia Tech. I said traffic control or traffic is one of our big risks. The guys out east worked uh, with Virginia Tech and testing a solution where it, it fits into a vest and then the traffic control devices has sensors on it. So if the employee is approaching that device, then it, it sends off alarm to let them know that they're close to their protection. And then also there's a setup in case a vehicle crosses the sensor and it enters into their zone, right? Their safety zone. So just seeing opportunities like that to, to help advance stuff. It's exciting, right? Makes your job fun. Then the other side of it internally is conducting like, you ever heard of Kaizen? Kaizen is a Japanese term for like good change or improvement. So we have safety Kaizen. We brought everybody in, not just safety professionals, but uh, you know, like frontline or operations as well. And it's like, here's our trends. Here's our biggest areas that we see and how do we improve, right? So continuously improve, you know, throughout our experiences and then root cause analysis as well. Uh, we use a couple of platforms, you know, Sologic, think reliability. So we have an event, this happened because of this, you go through the whole, you know, five whys cause and effect and each box indicates an outcome. And if you pluck that away or that condition away, then the event doesn't occur. And then just looking through how do we completely abate these hazards? How do we completely remove it? 
because if it's gone, then then nobody gets hurt. The other thing too is something that was introduced to us and shared called biomimicry. Have you ever heard of that? Looking at nature for solutions. Ah, okay. Yeah. So there's these really cool like treads because like slip strips and falls, you can think, you know, it's kind of our exposure working on slopes and there's uh, this new technology that's coming out with like treads, the bottom of your shoes that mimics snake scales. If you're flat, you can't get tripped up on it. But, you know, as soon as you arch or whatever, the scales or the treads grab onto the surface. Yeah. So biomimicry. All right. Well, before we take our break, uh, last piece of advice you want to give to next generation of geohazard mitigation professionals listening on out there. And this is my approach that I've taken for both GSI or just throughout my career is get to know the work, get to know the people. You immerse yourself in, in an environment where you just continuously learn about your business, right? Like, yeah, I do safety, but I want to know how everything operates and get to know the people. Like relationships are huge in this business. So if you get to know how each individual works, operates, you know, you can conform your message, which is exactly what I do. Like I'm pitching an idea. It's not something that you can grab onto, but it's an idea that you have to commit to. And understanding uh, how not an individual works or how to present that to them makes the buy-in or the acceptance a lot easier. So we're going to come back in just a minute and close this one out on Josh and our career factor safety end segment. Before we go on here, a quick word from our sponsor for this episode, Simpson Strong Tie. Simpson Strong Tie is a building industry pioneer dedicated to helping people design and build safer, stronger homes, structures, and communities. Simpson Strong Tie is making a positive difference for their customers through expert engineering, world class test laboratories, and unrivaled technical support. We invite you to consider working alongside the many talented, passionate, and humble people who are all contributing to our shared mission in an environment that supports a healthy work-life balance. It's a place where you can connect, create, and build a career. Visit strongtie.com forward slash careers to learn about our culture and why Simpson Strongtie employees are our most loyal customers. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's our Career Factor Safety End segment. In geotechnical engineering, just like many disciplines of engineering, it's important to incorporate a factor of safety into your design. But what about if we ask the question of incorporating a factor of safety into your career? So today, of course, we're speaking with Josh Monroe of Geostabilization International, or GSI. And Josh, when you think about the career you've had, it's a very successful career, and you look back in your career, what's something you implemented in your career to give yourself, let's call it a factor of safety in your career? What can set me apart from everybody else, right? Whether it be through certification, education. The other thing too is, you know, for the organizations that I worked for, even GSI, you know, is asking for opportunity to take on new challenges, right? Like, yeah, I do safety, but that doesn't mean that that's the only thing that I can, right? So it's getting involved with other groups. Everybody has challenges. That's how can you help problem solve some of those things? But that would probably be it is how to help the company solve problems. Thank you so much for coming on and for sharing all these great insights with us. You shared some really great information and advice I know it's going to be helpful for our listeners. Now, if somebody's listening in or watching, they're like, wow, I wish I could reach out to them. Is there an email address you want to share? Or are you on social media? How could people find you? Yeah, LinkedIn, Joshua Monroe, and my mug should pop up and you should be able to see me. 
mean, if there's questions, oh, joshua.monroe at gsi.us. Be more than happy to, to answer any emails. Thanks for coming on. That's great. All right, Jared. Appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. We would love to hear your feedback, comments, and or questions. Please feel free to go to geotechnicalengineeringpodcast.com where you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, that being episode 75, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. Until next time, we wish you the very best in all of your geotechnical engineering endeavors. Peace. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to download the latest version of our AE Industry Trends Report to get answers to the questions that you want to ask your staff, but you may be afraid to do so. How long will the great resignation last? How long should you allow employees to work remotely? And how are successful firms using data to grow sustainably for the long term? You can learn the answers to these questions and more by downloading the report at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org.